Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are featuring stories of transformation. Each person has a story, and we want to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others. As you listen to today's episode, I encourage you to think about your story. How is God working in your life? I promise you, He is on the move. Grab your cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. We are still rejoicing in all the wonderful ways that God worked at Inspire. And today on the podcast, I have such a special treat for you. We are bringing Darla Berg's second session from Inspire Women's Conference to the podcast. If you were there, you know that Darla is so relatable. She has so much wisdom, but she's also really funny. So sit back, enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go as Darla Berg shares all the reasons that we have hope. I have just so enjoyed getting to meet so many of you today, and if we haven't met, I want to meet. Um, I have um, Instagram, too, and Facebook, so I feel like I'm taking this whole little group of friends home with me. So um, anyway, I, I just between us, I, I videotaped the Wu Pig Suey, the calling of the hogs, and I've already texted at home, so I don't know if I'm going to be welcome back, but... Um, <laughs> It's okay. Um, but in it, it has, like I said, been just a delight to get to visit. We were sitting at lunch, my um, aunt, we were sitting around the table and, and we were making, figuring out just different connections that we have. And, and she said, she goes, you know, we're here much longer. We're all going to, you know, figure out we're family. And um, I mean, but here's the thing. We are family, right? <laughs> I mean, we're in the family of God and we're going to spend eternity together <laughs> when we know him. So we might as well just have a good time here um, together as well well. So anyway, you know, we were talking about things not, you know, going along like we thought. That actually happens to me quite a bit when I'm cooking. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's sad but true. Um, and several years ago, we always come every year um, or have in the past for um, Thanksgiving. We go to my mom's house and and my sister used to live in Little Rock, too. She lives in Louisiana now. But she would always kind of say, okay, well, you make this and you make this. And mom's got the turkey and the pies and the rolls and those kinds of things. And so one year I said, um, I'm going to make, you know, I told her a couple of things. But one of the things I was going to make was it's called a um, strawberry pretzel salad. Many of you are familiar with this. The, the particular one that I was going to make was called Paula Dean's Strawberry Pretzel Salad. And I, I had a picture of what the, it, it looked like on Pinterest. And I brought that picture. There's what it looked like on Pinterest. And I thought, I mean, I can do that. How hard can it be? Um, which also, I don't know why this is called a salad, right? I mean, but got a lot of sugar and cream cheese, but okay. But anyway, and so then I got up that morning of Thanksgiving morning and I made mine. And I want you to see what mine looked like. <laughs> it's sad, right? Um, so I didn't know that like you were supposed to let the jello cool before you poured it onto there. Um, <laughs> And I didn't know, she sliced her strawberries. I, I, mine were, they were frozen. They looked like meatballs in there. Um, <laughs> nobody ate any really. Like I took a few like, you know, sample bites. But it, anyway, it just, uh, I, I brought you the side-by-side -side comparison too, just in case you want to see. There's, um, <laughs> you know, just for, just for <laughs> further um, proof that it's just, it's not good. <laughs> Um, but you know, I think that a lot of times that's what we do, right? We have this picture 
of what it's going to look like. We know. We have these expectations. It's going to be beautiful. And then we see how things actually look in our lives, and we're like, well, that's just not really what I thought. And, you know, we were talking this whole day about, about hope and what is the answer for our hope. And it's how does hope look even when it's not what we expected? There's a verse. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to it in Jeremiah 29. So many of you know this verse again by heart. Jeremiah 29, 11. If you go, you know, on your way home to Hobby Lobby or Mardell's or somewhere, you can probably see this particular verse on a coffee cup or maybe painted on a sign. Many of you maybe have it on your desk or something. It's, it's a very popular um, verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. Many of you I know can say it by heart. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And that's what we want, right? We're like, oh yes, we want a hope, we want a future. That sounds so good. Let's slap it on a mug and drink out of it, you know? Like that sounds great. But like the scripture that we looked at this morning, we have to look at what comes before it. We have to see the context, because here's the context of that verse. If you look at the beginning of the chapter, chapter 29, I don't know what yours says, but mine says, a letter to the exiles. This was a letter written to people who were in exile. And if we, you look with me, just look in, starting in verse 4. In Jeremiah 29, verse 4, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what he says. Listen, ladies. He says, Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have some sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and daughters in marriage so that they too have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Seek the peace and the prosperity in the city in which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Then um, move over to verse 10. It says, this is what the Lord says. Listen to how long it says they're going to be in exile. In verse 10, it says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and I will fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Ladies, these people were just told, you're going to be there for 70 years. <laughs> there are people who, who, when they heard this, were like, that's my whole lifetime. I don't have 70 years left. There are people who are like, oh no, with these little children, that's all they're going to grow up and know. You know what? Yes. They were going to be in exile for 70 years. But what did the Lord say to them? The first thing he said was, plant a garden. You're going to be there for a while. What that means is don't just sit there despondent. Don't just sit there in despair. That's not my call for your life. You know, I mean, I almost feel like he's like, work a puzzle, <laughs> you know, play Monopoly. I don't know, like, you know, but, but, but don't. 
Don't think there's nothing for me here. Don't trudge around like we talked about this morning in concrete. Because I have a purpose. I have a plan. He says, I have a hope for you. And I have a future. And I'm going to fulfill, he says, my gracious, gracious promise to you. It's the same for us. And I know some of you are like, yeah, I've been here about 69 years in exile. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for the promise. The promise will come. But we have to live, and going back to our verse, Romans 15, 13, as women who overflow with hope. So remember we said, um, you know, made it, the, the verse says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you overflow with hope. And we want to be women that overflow with hope. We don't want to be the women who are like, no, no, I can't do this another day. We want to be the people who say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. In spite of what this day looks like, trust is believing. It's believing the whole key to this verse, I think Romans 15, 13, is when it says, as you trust. That is the only way to overflow. The only way. Believing in spite of your circumstances. And here's the thing. I think that a lot of times we try to control what's going on. I'll just speak for myself. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I want to control. I want to I have control of things. But, but one time the Lord very clearly showed me, hey, guess what? No. Um, and I'll tell you, I told you about a vacation this morning. I'll tell you a different vacation. It was a vacation I went on my, my mom and dad, my husband, a couple, three of our kids, my sister and her two kids, and we went to Florida one year. Um, we, um, I don't know, Destin somewhere um, down there, I don't know. But anyway, so we go to Florida, and as we're driving down there, my son says, hey, I want to go deep sea fishing. Well, we had never done that before, and I was like, well, you can't just plan that, you know, spur of the moment. And, but I thought, well, I'll just call. And, and I called, and they said, yes, we have a boat. It goes out at 5.30 on this Wednesday of your trip. You can go. And I immediately thought, well, I'm not going. <laughs> it's 5.30. <laughs> Why would I do that? And, um, but there were enough seats on the boat that everyone that, that wanted to go um, could fit, and then there was one more spot, and the kids said, Mom, you should go, you should go. And, and I was like, well... I guess I'll go more really as like a documentarian of the trip. I'm going to take pictures and that kind of thing, but I'm not going to fish, but sure, you know, I'll go. And so we go at 5.30 in the morning, and we get on this boat, and it goes way, way out, you know. And um, so when we get out into the ocean where we're going, um, the fishing guide, he was a man from Louisiana, had a very, very thick Cajun accent. And um, he began to tell, to describe what we were supposed to do when we were deep sea fishing. Well, the thing was, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't really listening because I was like, um, you know, I'm, I'm just taking pictures. That's all. You know, no big deal. And so anyway, that's better. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so anyway, so... Um, so he tells everybody what to do, and he gives us, he, he hands us each a belt. If you've ever gone deep sea fishing, they give you these, like, belts that you put on, and you put your fishing rod inside of the belt. And so he came around, and he handed me a belt, and I said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And he said, you know, basically, he was like, you're on my boat, you're going you're gonna to do it, you know? And I was like, 
Okay, um, so I put the, the belt on and, and I looked at my daughter Brittany and she was standing right next to me and I looked at her because the, the two people that most wanted to go, my husband and my son, were very, very sick, <laughs> leaning over the side of the boat. And um, so anyway, so I, I said, Brittany, what, what do we do? And she said, Mom, you just you toss your, your line over and you just let it go all the way out until it stops. And when it stops, you roll it up six times. And I said, okay, I can do that. And so I did my, you know, cast out my reel and I rolled it up six times and I stuck it in my belt. And really no sooner than I had gotten it in the belt, I felt like a fish on the line, and I told you all this morning, I tend to overreact, and um, <laughs> so I just began to scream, like, I've caught a fish, I've caught a fish, I've caught a fish, and, um, you know, nobody really cared, and um, <laughs> so anyway, so I just began to, to reel in the fish, and I'm just, you know, rolling it up and rolling it up, you don't realize how much line goes out in deep sea fishing, but I'm just, I'm here to tell you, it's a lot, and um, so anyway, so I just continued to do this and do this, and, and it starts feeling heavy. <laughs> it, it starts, I, I begin to wonder what actually have I caught. I, you know, I, I, I don't think I've just caught any ordinary fish. You know, I'm pretty sure it's like the barracuda thing with the, you know, big, I don't know, like something big and heavy, a whale, I don't know. And so, I, you know, and, but my shoulder begins to hurt. And I, I keep just, you know, and I'm like, Brittany, this is hard. This is really hard. And she's like, yeah. And, and um, so then, I, and I, at one point I remember thinking, I'm going to need physical therapy <laughs> by the time this is all over. And so I looked at the guide because I really, I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, the fish is going to come. It's too heavy. I, I, I can't do this. Like, literally, that was what went through my head was, I can't do this. And so I looked at the fishing guide and I said, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and he said, again, in this very thick Cajun accent that I couldn't really understand, and he said, Step out of your out! <laughs> and I said, uh, I I'm so sorry. <laughs> what, 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 what did you say? And he said, Step out and lay it out. <laughs> and I said, oh, sir, I, I'm just so sorry. <laughs> but, but I'm having a hard time understanding. <laughs> and I heard him. I heard him audibly sigh <laughs> as he walked over to me. <sighs> Step back. I said, step back. <laughs> and he said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, like this? <laughs> and he said, yeah. Now lay it down. <laughs> lay what down? <laughs> I, I let, I'm like, I don't. And he goes, the pole, lay the pole down. And he, and he begins to tell me, he said, take the pole and lean it on the boat, because when it leans on the boat, all of the weight is on the boat, and it will become easier to, to you know, reel it in. And I mean, I, you know, I, I, he said it much differently than that. But, um, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I was too afraid to take it out and to actually do that, because I honestly believed that when I took it out, 
it was going to flip out of my control and into the ocean. I would lose the fish. I would lose the, the pole. I was going to owe him a lot of money for his pole. You know, I mean, I didn't want to do that. And um, so anyway, so I, I, I'm like, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. And he said, lay it down. Ma'am, lay it down. And so I thought, well, I mean, I hope my husband brought his credit card. because. <laughs> and I pulled that rod out, and I, I leaned it against the boat. And the craziest thing was, he was right. <laughs> and it became so much easier to just reel right up in this beautiful, it was, I, I was so happy I caught a pink fish. <laughs> it, it wasn't huge, but it was, it was OK. Um, it was a red snapper. And, and anyway, and I, you know, I'm like yelling, you know, look at me, I caught a pink fish, I caught a pink fish, I caught a pink fish. But, but here's the thing. I have thought about that so many times since then. When there are things in my life that I want to control, when there are things in my life that I'm like, you know, God, are you aware that I'm right here? Because this is going on and, and, and I want, I want to, I'm afraid to let go, really. Because I'm afraid it's going to spin out of control. And Jesus is saying the very same thing every single day to me and to all of you. He's saying, hey, step back. Not in a Cajun accent, but in his beautiful voice that says, and lay it down. He says, put your burden on me. There's even the scripture that says, cast your burdens on the Lord, when we put it on Him, it's like putting that rod on the boat. The boat takes the pressure. The Lord takes it. We don't have to worry about it. We might feel like we're in exile standing on the boat, but He is saying, I have a purpose. I have a plan. I have a hope and I have a future. And put your burdens on me. He implores us to do that, to, to put our burdens on him. So every day, ladies, we are called to just that. Every day we are called to step back and to lay it down. There's a woman in Scripture, if you'll flip over into the New Testament, if you'll go to Luke chapter 13. Verse 10, Luke chapter 13, verse 10. It's the story of a, a crippled woman. And in verse 10 it says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over, and she could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and he said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she stood up and she praised God. You know, here's what I think about that lady. She had been bent over for 18 years. She was in the church when she literally, in the synagogue, when she looked at, at him. And when he said, woman, you're set free. You're set free from your infirmity. And then she stood up. And I wonder... 
if any of you, when you came in here today, and I'm pretty sure some of you did, felt kind of bent over. Some of you have been bent over for a long time. Life feels heavy. This season feels hard. The burdens are many. But the Lord is saying the same thing. He's saying, you're free from your infirmity. It doesn't mean that it's going to go away right now, but you know what? We can still praise. We can praise despite the storm. There's a storm that says we can praise, or a song that says we can praise you in the storm. But you know, this lady, like I said, perhaps she had been coming for 18 years to this church. Perhaps she, you know, taught the mission friends, the GAs. Perhaps she sang in the choir, but she was still bent over. We cannot do that, ladies. If we're going to be women that overflow with hope, we have to stand up. We have to say, I am going to look at you, Lord. I am going to trust you, Lord. And I am going to walk despite what's going on in my life. I am going to walk in the peace and the joy that is knowing you. It is the enemy that wants our story to be hunched over. But it is Jesus who wants us to stand up. It is Jesus who wants us to stay, to say, or who wants to say to us, I have a hope for you. I have a future for you. Stand up. Stand up. So we stand up when we, when we cling to Jesus despite the storms of life. Something that you learn living in Houston um, is that you have to be prepared for storms. We have a lot of hurricanes that come our way. Before we moved, just the year before we moved, Hurricane Harvey came. Hurricane Harvey was absolutely devastating to the city of Houston, not just to the city of Houston, but to my neighbors in my neighborhood, houses on my street with feet of water. In fact, my friend Lita is here from Houston, her house full of water. And my friend Lisa next to her, they came and helped clean out the water. And I remember before Hurricane Harvey came, my husband had gone that day to Austin to help our daughter that was at UT at the time um, move in, and, and um, he, he was like, I've got to hurry, I've got to hurry, I've got to get back, the storm is coming, and he called and he said, I'm on my way, and, and then as he was driving, he called and he said, it's so eerie, like there's this big cloud, you know, right over Houston, and, and there are signs along the way, and they're, they're the, the highway signs, and they're blinking, and they say, storm and gulf be prepared. And, and he stopped it when he came in. I thought it was so funny. He brought this whole box of, he had stopped at Home Depot and bought like flashlights and candles and things. And I said, baby, we've got flashlights and candles. And he said, I don't know. I was just, the sign kept saying, be prepared. I thought maybe we needed more, you know? And so I'm like, it's okay. We, before the storm came, we had to take everything that was in the downstairs of our house, every single thing that was on the floor and in our closets and carry it upstairs so that if the water came in, that we would be prepared. Most storms don't send invitations. Most storms don't, you know, don't have signs that are flashing storms in our life that say, you know, storm engulf, storm ahead. But we can look at the sign that says, be prepared. Be prepared. And how are we prepared? You know, we're prepared by spending time in God's Word. This is the living Word of God. This is Jesus on a page. <laughs> and, and, and so he's saying, spend time with me here. Spend time with me in prayer. 
Listen to what I have to say because the storms are going to come. I was in a Bible study one time with a friend, um, and she was teaching it, and her Bible, I was so struck throughout the entire time when she was teaching, it was so just, it looked terrible. <laughs> um, the, the binding had come off, the, it, 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 I, it, it almost looked like it had bullet holes in it. I mean, it was just, and so I told her, I said, Carol, your, your Bible, it just, I mean, it, it looks like it's been through a battle. And without hesitating, she said, oh, it has. It has been in the bunker with me. And she said, I, I couldn't have, you know, gone through any of the storms, any of the battles in my life without God's word. And, I, you know, and I said, well, you know, I can tell. And I told her that year, I said, you know, um, I said, I think that it was right around Christmas time. And I said, I want my New Year's resolution next year to be that I want to wear my Bible out. Like, that's, that's what I want to do. And she said, okay. And so the, the next, in January, I had gone to a different Bible study, and, and I sat down, and I remember going, okay, God, you know, here I am, I'm at the Bible study, and, and, and I want to wear out my Bible this year. Like, what do you have to say to me? What are, what are we, you know, what are you going to teach me? And right about then, I, I leaned down into my purse. I was holding a water bottle. I leaned down into my purse to, to get my pen so that I could write in the Bible study, and my water bottle spilled. And in that moment, I was so frustrated because, you know, when, when water gets on the pages of the Bible, it makes them all, you know, crinkly and weird feeling. And I just I couldn't believe it that I had done that. And, and then I felt the Lord in that moment go, can't wear out your Bible if it's not open. I can't spill out on you. Like that water is spilled out on your Bible unless you open it. And those pages, I can tell you right where it is in my Bible, those pages, I love them. The, the page, the actual page it was on, it, it, fall, it falls out a lot, and I have to put it back. And it is such a reminder to me of, you know what, keep your Bible open. Wear your Bible out, because there's so much that God wants to teach us. So very much. So, um, so, just kind of the, the last thing, we're, we're talking about trust, and trust is hard. Trust is hard, especially, you know, in light of storms of life and that kind of thing, and, and I just want to show you just, you know, because trust is faith, and it's having faith in the one who is, who is, you know, carrying us to the storms, into the storms, through the storms, and so I want to look at just a couple of examples of faith and see if you see yourself in any of these stories. If you'll just flip right over to Matthew, Matthew chapter 8. And the first person that we're going to look at is the, the faith of the centurion. The centurion, a centurion, is a person that has about 100 people in the army, kind of underneath them. That's where we get the word century, centurion. Um, and so the centurion had come to Jesus and in verse 8, it says, the centurion replied, um, well, actually, no, let's start, I'm sorry, verse um, 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But, and y'all, this is important. I mean, if I was going to underline something, underline this. It says, just say the word. That's the kind of faith the centurion had. Just say the word. 
But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and this one, come, and he comes. I say to this servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, and ladies, this is the only place in the entire Bible, the omnipotent God, the Jesus all-knowing, it's the only time that it says Jesus was astonished. Some of your Bibles say amazed. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished, and he said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And so then down in verse 13, it says, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you have believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Do you have astonishing faith? Do you have amazing faith? Do you have the kind of faith that says, God, just say the word. (laughs) Just say the word. Some of you do. But I know not all of us do. That's hard. That's hard. You know, it was the disciples that spent every single day with Jesus. I mean, they had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They walked down the road with him. They slept next to him in their sleeping bags at night. They sat around the fire at night, you know, eating s'mores or whatever. And, you know, they, they were the ones with him all the time. But, you know, just a, a few verses over, really, in Matthew 8, verse 26, the disciples were with Jesus and a storm came. And then verse 20, or 23, it says, um, Then he, Jesus, got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And he replied, and I feel like he gets a little, like you can hear a little bit of tone in this. <laughs> and he goes, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. And this time it was the men that were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Some of you have got water sloshing in your boat right now. And the storm feels scary. And you might know Jesus so intimately, but you know what? You have to know to run straight to him, like the disciples. It's okay, as long as you know where to run and go and say, Lord, help us. Help us. And he can calm the storm. And then just flip over one last one to to Mark 9. I think maybe this one might be the majority of us, I, I don't know, but in Mark chapter 9, Verse 17, it's a a father who's bringing his son, his son that's been possessed by a spirit. This is uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 17. It says, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at teeth, and he becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long, and this is the tone again. (laughs) I feel like he's getting frustrated. Um, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. 
It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But, but, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And then Jesus goes, if? <laughs> if? If you can? Everything is possible for him who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. And I don't even think he took a breath. And then he said, help my unbelief. And for some of us, that's us. That we're like, I believe, I know the scripture, I know the word, but God, help my unbelief. Because it's hard. And I, I love that scripture gives us these examples of faith. It shows us the, the different kinds, you know, that, that there are people, yes, who are like, just say the word. There are people who are saying, help, Jesus, help. And there are people who are saying, I do believe. Help my unbelief. But we all, we have to believe. We cannot walk out of here today as women who are overflowing with hope without believing in the one who gives us the hope. Ladies, I am telling you that hope is calling your name. Jesus is calling your name. I, I watch kind of with fascination. I, I, I love the royal family. Um, I remember when I was in sixth grade, or no, eighth grade in um, Henderson Junior High in Little Rock. And um, it was the year that Lady Diana got married. And I was on the drill team. And we had practice at like 6.30 in the morning. And I started a petition to see if we could not have practice on the day of Lady Diana's wedding so that um, we could actually watch... Uh, the, the wedding, and, um, you know, so we watched that, and we watched her funeral, and then this past week, when Queen Elizabeth passed away, and I didn't intend to spend all day Monday watching the funeral, and I ended up spending all day Monday watching the funeral, and as I was watching it, I heard this announcer, and he said, she was an ordinary woman with an extraordinary job. And I thought that was such a, a good description for her. And then it dawned on me, you know what? That's really the same description as we have. We are ordinary women. That God has given the extraordinary job of sharing him, of sharing hope with the world, of overflowing with hope to the world. And the only way that we can do that is through trust in him. And I don't know how you came in here today. I don't know if you came in bent over and maybe you want to go, you know what, it's time for me to stand up straight. It's time for me to look into the face of Jesus and say, God, help my unbelief. This is hard, but I trust you. Maybe you came in here and you're like, you know what, I, I feel like I've been walking in joy, but man, the peace is hard. That part is hard. And maybe you want to say, you know what, I want to start today, I want to start walking just in, in all joy and in all peace. Some of you have maybe never, never trusted in the Lord with your whole heart. And I, I, I not only invite you, I implore you, do not leave today without doing that. He is so worth it. He is calling your name. Ladies, I don't know how we get out of life without him. And without him helping us through these storms of life. Ah, oh, he has called us to be women 
who overflow with hope. I'm going to take a moment and pray for us, and then we're going to have a time where if you want to come and if you want to pray, if there is a burden that you want to leave here at the altar, you can do it. If you want to come, there's going to be some women up here at the front. If you want to come and say, you know what, I've never trusted in the Lord, you can come and do that. It may be that you just want to come and say, you know what, I want to live with more joy. You're welcome to come and speak with anyone, to pray with anyone, but just know that hope is always calling your name. And we are all called to overflow with hope. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the women that are here today. I thank you that you have given us an extraordinary, extraordinary job of getting to overflow the hope that you provide to the world. And Lord, we want others to see you in us. We want people, like Debbie asked of, of her friend, Karen, that she saw, where does, their, where does your hope come from? We know the answer is you. And God, we want to be those women that people say, where does your hope come from? Because it is from you. And we get to tell the world about you. But I pray for each and every woman that when she leaves here today, she will have the overflowing hope that is knowing you in her, in her life. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.